This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 1805, Three Tips for Life in Australia with Pete Smithson from the Aussie English Podcast. Welcome to the All Ears English Podcast, downloaded more than 200 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American host, Lindsay McMahon, and today's featured guest coming to you from Denver, Colorado, USA. To get real-time transcripts right on your phone and create your personalized vocabulary list, try the All Ears English app for iOS and Android. Start your seven-day free trial at allearsenglish.com forward slash app. Are you planning to visit Australia for the first time? You may get a culture shock if you expect it to be like the US or the UK. Today, get three tips to be ready to build connections in English with our guest, Pete Smithson. Before we start, a quick message from our sponsor, Indeed. Are you hiring this quarter? In our experience, it can be a grueling process if you don't have efficient tools. But finding the right candidate who adds value to your business is so incredibly important. So why not ditch the busy work? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with great candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash AEE. Just go to Indeed.com slash AEE right now. Support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash AEE. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Pete. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you back on All Ears English. How are you? I'm good. G'day, Lindsay. How are you going? I am. I'm going great. I'm going great. Guys, today on the show, we have Pete Smithson back for another guest episode from the Aussie English podcast. Pete, when did you start your podcast? How long have you been around just in case our listeners don't know about your show? I'd have to think about it. Um, I think I, I started right at the end of 2015. So I think I was a late comer. I think you were well and truly on, on track. You were probably past about a thousand episodes by that point, but you were, you were out there. I remember. Um, but yeah, so about seven years ago, far out, maybe, maybe six to seven years ago. But that's already been a long time. I mean, you're practically a veteran at this point. I love it. And so, <laughs> it catches up with you. Yeah. You just yeah, keep going. Is, absolutely. You just keep going. You love it. Right. So guys, today we have Pete on the show to talk a little bit about Australian culture and what we might need to know if we're going to be visiting Australia, either from the U.S., or from abroad. We're going to compare Australian culture with American culture. Pete, where in Australia do you live? Where are you based? So I'm in a town called Kerr Lewis, which is outside Melbourne. And you have okay. to say that Americans always say Melbourne. We do. Because of the spelling. But we do. it's a schwa sound on that second syllable. Melbourne. Okay, Burn. let me try it. Melbourne. Go for it. How's that? Yeah, you crushed it. You crushed oh. it like an Aussie. Fair dinkum <laughs> Australian. You did it. You did it. It's one of those things that the American pronunciation of place names always jars us sometimes, but then you yeah. forget like the spelling is very, very confusing. So yeah, it really but I'm, I'm from outside of Melbourne, which is in Victoria, the Southeast of Australia. Okay. I love it. And so 
it's such a different place, right? I, I love, I love Aussies. I love Australian culture. I've never been there, but I feel like I always get along well with people from Australia. So let's dig into why that is. <laughs> well, I think yeah. we're pretty laid back, right? We're yeah. pretty laid back and informal and friendly, at least by and large. And probably the, the people you get to meet, the ones who leave Australia and want to travel are probably also, you know, pretty friendly and open the same way the Americans that we meet in Australia, you're not going to meet very many um, very, very conservative people from the South, right, in America yes. traveling through Australia, you're going to meet the people who are kind of open-minded and learning languages and love the world and want to travel and everything. That's true. But I have noticed that Australians do tend to travel a lot. When I was living in Asia and Japan and even South America, I met a lot of Australians. Is that something that's really baked into the culture, the value of just getting out of your own country? We have a, a sort of cultural practice of when kids finish high school, there's a gap year quite often there'll be a gap year. So instead okay. of going straight into university, I think you guys would call it college, right? We'd call yeah. it uni right. university. Um, kids will quite often take a year where they'll go overseas. So they okay. might go learn a language in a different foreign you know, country, or they may go somewhere like America or Great Britain, quite often those two. So it'll either be the oh. Americas or it'll be Europe somewhere, often okay. Britain, and they'll get a job, just see what the world's like travel a bit and then come home and then go to university instead of just doing that education, you know, for like a big 20 year period or whatever it is, a 12 year period all the way through. Yeah. I love it. See what the world is like. I really wish that we had that embedded into American culture. I would say we don't as much. I would say, I mean, things may be changing now with people working online and kind of doing more of their own thing. But I think most people go to college and go yep. to graduate school or go into the working world. There isn't this moment where it's go see the world as much. But is as it kind in of internal? Do you, I think you guys kind of the cultural thing from what I understand and from the shows and everything that I've experienced and people I've spoken to is that when you go to college, you'll often go to one outside of your state, right? Or you, you'll yes. travel away from where you grew up. You won't just go to the college down the road, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I went to Virginia. So I went from New Hampshire down to Virginia near Washington, DC, about 500 miles. We do have the concept wow, okay. of go see America, right? The American yep. road trip is such a classic <laughs> journey in, in our literature, in our so lives. many horror films start off with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't camp by yourself and, you know, in the deep south. <laughs> Have exactly. you seen True Detective? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's really, but I do wish we had a little bit more of that. So I'm excited today, Pete, to talk about, you're going to let us know three key differences, things we should be yep. ready for. If we are going to go to Australia, what would be the first thing that stands out to you? I think one of the biggest things that I hear from both English speakers like Americans and people from overseas, and we'll start, I had this um, as number two, but number one here would be the Australian accent is quite often seen as very difficult to wrap your head around, at least for that first week or two, right? It, can, it gets people off, off, off foot, right? They kind of arrive and they're like, oh, I thought it was just, is that all right to say? Sorry. Oh, that's okay. No, keep going. Keep going. I didn't even. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they get here. They get here and they say, um, you know, oh, I had no idea that there was going to be this, you know, different accent. It's going to be really hard. I've learned American English or British English, or I'm from America or Great Britain. And I yeah. get here and I'm like, geez, this is really not what I expected, especially with the broader accent. So this will have more nasally kind of like, how's it going? Where are you from? Okay. Kind of um, regional pronunciation and accents at times. Right. Um, so that's one of the biggest things, getting used to the accent. Uh, and I think too, a big thing is that we don't produce anywhere near the kind of 
media or content or movies right. or podcasts or films that America and Great Britain do, right? Like everything sure. is American. So yeah, as an Australian, I can hear American accents and quite often pick more or less where people are from, maybe what class, um, potentially even what race they are because of the amount of exposure yeah. that we get from American TV shows and films and we love it. Right. But you forget that Americans aren't watching Australian films and no. TV shows like we are watching no. yours. Although we'd so, like to. I mean, I would like to. I wish there was more of that. I don't know why our media is so American and UK centric. It's true, well, isn't it? And yeah. all our good actors, though, disappear over to America and make it big there because that's right. where you make your money, right? Like Chris Hemsworth. When was the last time you saw him in a show where he has a, an Australian accent? He uses an American one. Sure. So, and of course, Nicole Kinman, she's Australian, isn't yep. she? And, and I didn't yep. even know yep. that until a couple of years ago. So you're right. They do get kind of absorbed into Hollywood, into yep. using the American accent. Is there a part of Australia that we should be ready if our, my listeners are going to be going there? You know, where is the accent the strongest? Sydney, Melbourne, or it's, okay. it's kind of different from from Great Britain and from America where we don't really have these strong regional dialects. It's okay. kind of mixed up everywhere. And so you hmm. typically 90% of the people you'll come across speak with a general accent like me, right? It's just a okay. sort of, this is the kind of easy to understand middle of the road accent. There's a, there's, it can be sort of divided up into three accents the broader accent which is that like kind of speak a bit more in the nose it's yeah. a bit the vowels are elongated a bit and that's often associated with regional areas so like out in the country a bit okay it's kind of like I guess your American drawl you know like howdy y'all okay know? <laughs> that makes sense out in yeah in the south and in the, in the west sure all right so you have that that's one that's it and then mm -hmm. there, again, this isn't 100% accurate, but there used to be the cultivated accent. These things have sort yeah. of changed over time, but the cultivated was closer to RP, uh, received pronunciation from Britain. Okay. But really, you're going to come across the general and then maybe a few of these sort of more, the stronger, slightly stronger accents, especially from men quite often that are, say, you know, quote unquote, lower class or from regional areas where mm. they just tend to have this stronger kind of, how's a gowan kind of accent right. going on? Sure, sure. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, Southie. I don't know if you know about if you've ever seen Goodwill Hunting, you know, in the US, that movie where he's from Southie and he has a very clear, uh, I guess, blue collar accent. And I'm not sure if that term is appropriate anymore, but sort of it's a it's a middle class sort of, you know, these accents label people in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which can be really challenging when we're trying to do different things in the world. OK, so good to know different accents, watch out mm -hmm. for the accent, right, Pete? That would be the first tip. Yeah, and for the strategy, you wanted some sort of actionable sure. things. I would say if you're planning to come to Australia and you want to just kind of slide right in easily, I would say obviously get exposure to the accent ahead of time. Listen to yeah. obviously my podcast, the Aussie English podcast. Listen sure. to Australian Australians in TV shows and films about Australia. Yes. Um, there are websites like ABC, iView and SBS, which are free and they have TV shows. They're kind of like Australian Netflix, so you can get on there awesome. online. Love if you it. need, you might need a um, VPN, but yeah. they're available. So okay. do do a little bit of research and work first yeah. and um, get some get some exposure. Okay. So you think just kind of exposing, getting the ear ready to hear that. And then when it comes to being there, we'll be ready to react. We call it like opening the brain box, getting the brain ready mm -hmm. to hear that accent. And then we'll understand it better when we're there. Yeah. When I had, uh, when I went to France, when I was a kid, I used to speak French. I was learning it at school. Oh, nice. I remember coming across someone who was from Quebec and I thought they were speaking another language because right. I was just like, 
but the person they were speaking to was replying in French from, you know, Parisian French. Sure. And when I spoke to them, I was like, this is so hard. And it was because I hadn't had exposure. So if I was going to go to Canada, if I was going to go to Quebec, that would be the thing I'd do. Okay. To be watching shows, listening to podcasts or audiobooks, and trying yeah. to get that initial exposure. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that now, guys. So that is Pete's first recommendation. Just be exposed to the Aussie accent. I love it. If you know me, you know that I value healthy eating. I always feel better when I eat well. That's why I think Factor is great for busy professionals who also value healthy food. Factor provides ready-to-eat meals right to your door. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Cost is an issue these days when it comes to buying food, but Factor is less expensive than takeout. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash B-A-E-E 50 and use code B-A-E-E 50 to get 50% off. That's code B-A-E-E 50 at F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash B-A-E-E 50 to get 50% off. Okay, so that's the first thing. What would be the second thing, Pete, that our listeners should be ready for? Slang. All the slang that we use. Yeah, so we use a lot in just day-to-day language where if you were to ask the average Australian um, about Australian slang, I think a lot of the time they won't even realize the word or the phrase or the expression that they're using is slang. They'll just Mm. think that's what they're called, right? Like thongs, right? We use thongs for for what you guys would call flip-flops or potentially sandals, you know? So we use thong to mean that, whereas you guys use thong to mean what we would call a G-string. And so there's quite often some funny uh, reactions that that happen there. There's an Australian comedian called Carl Barron and he does a skit on it where he's like, I went to America and I was like, I can't find my thongs. And they were like... (laughs) What the hell? Why would you have one thong, let alone two? And he's like, to put on my feet. That's <laughs> hilarious. Like, what? I so, love yeah, that. It, I love that. That's a common, a common trope. Yeah. And I do want to let our listeners know, guys, Pete was on the Allers English podcast a few years ago. We should get that episode number. Guys, go ahead to allersenglish.com and type in Pete Smithson and you will be able to find this episode. We did a whole episode on slang, Aussie English slang. So guys, check that out and we'll go into more depth over there. So be ready for the slang. What should we do if we hear it? Should we ask for a translation? Should we step back? What's the action? What's the recommendation? Uh, I would obviously just say, you know, you would ask again, right? Ultimately, it's about communication. You want to understand what yeah. the person's saying. And and we know, like, if you were to arrive in Australia tomorrow, Lindsay, and I was just like, G'day, do you want to go to the servo and get a slab for the Barbie? Oh You'd gosh. probably be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But <laughs> I would understand that, you know, new American just come to Australia. I probably can't just use that language. Yeah. And I would explain. And, and it almost becomes that point of, oh, yes, I get to explain to a non-Australian what these words are and, you know, it's encourage kind of you fun. to use them. Yeah. Because yeah. So, says, yeah, go ahead. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So servo is service station or petrol station, gas station, as you guys would say. Okay. Uh, a barbie is a barbecue. I knew that so one. We, I didn't know that one. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, ha- you'll have that one. That's a common. Let's chuck another shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Uh, a slab is a box of 24 or 30 beers or bottles of beer, like uh, okay. beer cans or bottles of beer. So you get a slab full of six packs usually. Yeah. And you take it to a party, to a barbie. Uh, you might get it from the servo. So we Sounds have a lot of those kinds of slang terms that we use all the time and don't realize it. And yeah. we love hearing when other people do it. So if you came here and you suddenly learned those words, even if you were to use an American accent, we might poke fun at you, but sure. in a friendly kind of way, but we love it. We love hearing other people come and then using this language with us because it shows they're kind of adopting the culture, embracing it and, and wanting to be a part of it. Yes, it definitely does. It, it shows respect when you do try to use the local slang with people. And guys, in the end, it's about connection. So it's about getting, you know, we're talking about going yeah. going to the beach or going to a barbecue with beer. It's about the experience that you're going to have with the locals. It's not about getting tripped up in the language. So use the language, use the slang, attend the event and connect, right? That's the key. I love that. So good. And I always tell people, if I were to have, say, an American come up to me and say, hello, sir, how are you? Versus, say, someone from India who came up with a very strong accent and said, G'day, mate, how's it going? Right. I would I would instantly feel more comfortable with the person yeah. who just used the language that I speak, right? The G'day, mate, how's it going? I would be like, okay, he, he's probably in Australia, understands Australia, whereas the American, I'd be like, they're already kind of making it formal. It feels a bit uncomfortable. I'm not sure do they, um, you know, it, there would be a bit of distance there. Yeah. So it is really interesting how that kind of happens with language and how you use it. And it doesn't matter if you're a native speaker or not. Right. If you adopt these kinds of words and the culture behind the language and then use it, you actually end up developing those connections much more quickly and, and sort of subconsciously with people that you're speaking with. So it's a great way to connect. Yeah. I love that, Pete. I couldn't have said it better. That's it, right? Language can either be something that pulls you apart because you feel that distance in the language you're choosing the vocab or brings you together guys. So choose to use the local slang. All right. I love it. So what would be the third thing that we should be ready for? I feel like this is kind of in line with the second one, more or less. What is it, Pete? Yeah. Well, I was going to combine, I had a few here, but informality in Australia, that's a big thing. And the slang kind of ties into that. And a a big thing I hear from people, I had a few students from Colombia and they were like, I don't want to learn informal language. I don't want to learn swearing. I don't want to learn slang because I would never use that in in Spanish in Colombia. And I was like, I understand, but you're not in Colombia. You're in Australia. And, And I would never say you need to use something you're not comfortable with, but yeah, I would say be aware that the system here is different. The way that we interact is more informal. You're going to hear swearing more frequently. You're going to hear slang words more frequently. And yes. it doesn't have the same kind of cultural meaning that it probably does in Spanish in Colombia. So yes. that's as well. You kind of have to separate those two things the same way that if I went to Japan, I would have to suddenly learn all of the honorifics and how to behave more formally. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be like, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm just going to be informal with everyone. Course. It's kind of like you have to dive in and be like, well, how do they interact? How do people interact here? So Australia is yeah. much more informal by and large. And a good example would be, this is something I always see on, on American films and shows. Yeah. You guys referring to everyone as sir and ma'am, right? Uh-huh. Like if a um, policeman pulls you over, you know, you'll be like, hi, sir. And it just, <laughs> it just, oh, it just feels so weird because it's almost patronizing in Australia. If someone, I had a story where I was working as a waiter 
and uh, an old gentleman came in and he looked very, he was wearing a suit. And I said, um, can I get you a seat, sir? And he told me to F off and said, oh. my name is Dave. My name is Dave. Do not call me, sir. And I remember he was that, actually like, offended. Oh, that is so Australian, <laughs> <laughs> but he was legitimately offended. He was, he was yeah. angry. Yeah. He's like, I'm not your dad. I'm not your grandfather. You just call me Dave. Okay. okay. <laughs> but was that, was that more of like an age thing that he felt like you were speaking to him, like he was old or that you were showing too much respect and it created that distance or was it a little bit of both? It's hard to know, right? Yeah. But I would imagine it's probably a combination of all of them. And I'm the same, yeah. but you know, when I work, when I walk up to a store and I want to buy something, you know, maybe some food or something and the person there, um, quite often they'll be say Filipino, right. Or, or from Indonesia and they're very polite and they use that kind of language immediately. I'm kind of like, Oh, don't, don't, don't put me at arm's length like that. Don't call me yeah. sir. Or, I'm not up here. Yeah. I'm just normal okay. like everyone else. And yeah. that ties in with tall poppy syndrome. Yes. Tell me about Uh, that real quick to finish up the episode. Yeah. Because this is a little different than in the US, I think. Mm -hmm. So Australians really, really don't like people who toot their own horn, right? So people who blow themselves up and they want to show off and they want to be like, I'm successful. I'm better than everyone. That's that idea of the poppy, the flower being taller than all the other poppies. Right. Uh, We kind of like to chop that that flower and bring everyone back down and remind everyone that they're mortal. So we, we don't like um, tall poppy syndrome, we call it. And so quite often as a result, you'll see things like politicians in Australia and even, you know, billionaire miners using much more informal language on TV in order to show that they're just your average Aussie battler, you know, dude. So when they interact with people, they'll always be like, Oh, G'day, mm. mate. How's it going? And that's the Prime Minister of Australia. So it, wow. it is interesting. Okay. It is a, a, a just a different culture, a different way that we look at formal and informal. And we still have formal situations, you know, in the workplace, at job interviews, where you will use more formal language. You still probably right. won't use sir or ma'am. Yeah. But then in interactions, quite often there's a, a friendlier vibe, I feel like you will be yeah. intentionally trying to make things informal sure. to add that friendliness and also bring yourself down and show I'm just a normal person. I'm not better than anyone else. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to relate to that person that's up here on that pedestal, isn't it? It's just really hard. It's almost like they're not human. You know, how do we connect with someone that's not human? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it probably comes from us being a country of one migrants and also obviously the convicts who came over when we were colonizing the place. We, the convicts are the ones who ended up staying here and all of the rich gentry and, and, you know, soldiers and um, politicians and everything would come over and then go back to England and we hated them, right? The the convicts hated them. So there's probably that aspect to it where they were constantly being like, we hate those guys pretending they're so much better than us. Interesting. Um, Strategy wise, I would say, don't you don't need to do anything you're not comfortable with when how you know you're developing your language and how you're speaking with people don't assume because someone swears that they're swearing at you that's a big thing too i've heard a lot of people tell me this person was using these words and i was always like what's the context because they can use those words whilst not at all being trying to offend you or being nasty to you right and then lastly it would be get used to what people around you are saying and doing and try and match it if you want to copy what they're doing. So, I mean, you don't have to do it if you don't want to with swearing, Mm -hmm. but if you are say working somewhere and there's a whole bunch of guys and you're a guy and you're trying to blend in, you want to become part of it and you hear them swearing, then obviously in that situation, it's probably okay to swear. So you have to kind of just 
gauge it and work it out and do what you're comfortable with doing. Yeah. I mean, this is a certain social intelligence we need to hone, right? To build that and understand the context, where are we at and what's needed in that moment to connect. I love it. So good. Exactly. So interesting too, that tall poppy syndrome. I feel like it's a little bit different in every country. You know, I noticed that in Japan too, the, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down, right? That's the, it's the that same idea. Yeah. Except yeah. I think that's more of a utility thing, right? Where yes, you can't get anything done if certain people are trying to stand out. Right. And yeah. it all comes back to the history of each country. I love it. I feel like we could explore this even more another day, Pete, but we got to wrap it up for oh, today. Good. <laughs> where can our listeners find your show or your website online? Where can they find more of what you do? Just do a search for Aussie English and that's spelled A-U-S-S-I-E. Aussie English, and you can find my YouTube channel, Instagram, and website, aussieenglish.com.au. And yeah, I'm sort of like Lindsay. We cover all sorts of advanced English, but it's through an Australian lens where we'll talk about Australian news and current affairs, but also more broadly, English, you know, that you can use everywhere. And don't be afraid to dive in and learn a bit of Australian English. You can still communicate. Lindsay and I have no problem understanding one another, (laughs) but if I go crazy with slang or whatever, I might just have to explain things the same way that Lindsay might if she uses some very specific language from in the US. That's it, Pete. You got it. I love it. So guys, go over and find Pete's podcast and hit follow on that show right away. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show today again for the second time, Pete. And we hope to have you on again soon. This has been great. No worries. Thanks for having me and looking forward to number three. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. Would you like to know your English level? Take our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com forward slash fluency score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.